Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. So we're here in Dockbrush Labs with Janice Valte from Great Lab Distillery. How's it going, Janice? It's going very well. Thank you very we're much. We're here to talk today about Hack Access Dublin and also meeting with Mr. Disability in about, uh, in June 14th. So tell us a bit about the back of Hack Access Dublin, what it does. Hack Access Dublin, well, um, basically we had the first uh, hackathon last November in Google and I think I really view the first one as, uh, as an experiment because really I had no idea what the outcome was going to be. I didn't know if anybody was going to turn up. Luckily, people turned up. We got good solutions. Um, It went really well. So we're back again uh, in Google this November. And the meeting with the minister is really an opportunity for myself and the team. Um, I'm partnering now with Rehab Ireland uh, to make this hackathon happen. So we are meeting the minister to just uh, basically go over the progress our teams have made, so it's CMO and Seapark. So CMO won the hackathon last year, Seapark came third. So we're gonna present uh, the progress we've made, um, what kind of support we'd like to get maybe um, from the minister, uh, and basically share share the vision um, going forward. We want to create, um, we want to make, I suppose, make this bigger and better this year. I guess you want to know um, now how, how it actually came about. Yeah. And, um, so this this was an idea, the idea to do a hackathon that solved challenges that people with a disability faced in society. Um, really, the, specifically, the kind of challenges that exclude people who have a disability from engaging in society. Um, and that, that came about uh, because I, I had a brother... Um, my late brother Stephen had muscular dystrophy and he was in a wheelchair. Now, our family were, I think, led by my parents. You know, fun was always very important to us. So, luckily, um, we had a really good outlook on life. But that that doesn't mean that I still didn't see um, the kinds of the, like the challenges he faced, like not getting access to uh, education, the kind of education, not getting access to the kind of work that he would have liked to do. Um, and also how people view you if you're in a wheelchair. And he was mentally, like, there was no problem, but yeah. it was funny, you know, we'd go to family events and people would talk over his head. And Stephen, you know, well, you know, the Valentine family were a fiery bunch. We're very passionate and we're very... Uh, quite proud so he would leave those events cursing at them and just really ticked off and you know god and saying i'm never going to go to that that you know family event again because he, he couldn't stand how people would you know ask maybe mom or me a question how is he is he all right and he'd be like looking up i'm doing this kind of eye rolling thing now um, so, so this kind of attitude towards people who, you know, it's really unjust because really just because your body works in a different way, it, you know, there's no reason why you can't engage in conversation, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of a, like epitomizes the kinds of challenges that I'm, I'm looking to solve. So I came out into the startup community about over two years ago. And um, for me, I was really looking to make a big change in my work life, really transform my life. There's a lot of things that I wanted to achieve. So I went out into the startup community, went to my first Google 
thank you, Gene Murphy invited me to, he said, oh, you should go to a Google startup again. This will really give you a sense of what the scene is about. And it certainly did. And I really enjoyed it. And I was, I'd never seen anything like the, the kind of energy and the enthusiasm and the, the brains um, that went into all this. But the one thing that I did think to myself was, none of the, very few of the ideas really grabbed me. You know, and I think as a person, I'm not very interested in lots of material things, techie things. I'm more interested in experiences like traveling, books, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, I like clothes as well. Not that much innovation in the clothes, you know. So I guess I'm more interested in the process and the collaboration. And I'm really interested in, in impact as well. And I believe that um, we can, we all have a role to play, I think, you know, as, as citizens. So it was, I was sitting there thinking, this is amazing. And then I thought of my brother who was... Stephen was really interested in technology. He was a bit of a geek, like he, he was the fixer. So... I he came into my head and I thought God he you know he would have loved this kind of thing event and then I thought because he had this big electric wheelchair and it was kind of fun we used to joke about it he used to make all these noise all these buttons and lights and could be quite useful actually it's a funny story actually there was a blackout in Toronto and my family I wasn't there they were on the plane and there was a whole blackout and Stephen's chair lit up the whole thing like they actually came out. And he was like, oh, this is great. Look at me. You know, my family walked behind him with these yeah. big lights on the chair. It's just kind of an example. It's like, you know, kind of like the inspector gadget person in our house. So for me, when I think technology, I think, you know, um, it can really achieve so much um, for, for the real significant problems. You know, there's a lot of things that are called problems and they're not really problems they're like oh this is a kind of cool fun thing to do but like there's some you know disability it's it's kind of a no-brainer to me so at first I thought god I'd love to do a hack so my first hackathon event I thought I'd love to do my own hackathon and then I thought okay well you know that's not going to happen because there's no way I would be able to make something like that happen myself so the idea of you know Stayed in the back of my brain, and I did more. I ended up doing running of the Startup Salon event series. I ended up doing um, innovation engagement activities in my role in BNY Mellon. So slowly but surely, I started bringing all these approaches into my own life, into yeah. my own working life. And then I ended up going to a conference in um, the Entrepreneurship Conference in Brussels. It was. 2000, beginning of 2016, um, so I had kind of um, secured my position um, in work as the person who was, you know, doing these innovation engagement activities, so I got to go to this conference, which was great, and there was a hackathon workshop, and at this workshop, um, the guys who run these big hackathons uh, in Europe, they got us to, they coached us on our own ideas. And because I guess it was a space, it was away from Dublin, I didn't know anyone. So I used this idea of, and it was called originally Hack the Chair. And some people in the startup community got that little memo. Because when I came home, I had this one page, Hack the Chair Hackathon. It became Hack Access Dublin. Yeah. But 
that's how it happened because I did this workshop and I was coached through myself on exactly the steps to do and because I got so much support there was about 20 people in the room and we divided into teams and my team were like this is really you need to do this you have to go back to Dublin and do it so that just shows the power of getting that kind of support you know I wouldn't have done it had I not val- I suppose I validated it that's yeah. what I was doing and then I came back I was like okay I'm going to take this idea and talk about it to people that I know in the startup community because the thing is, I knew that this is something, this uh, event, it needed to get the support because if people didn't attend, people who were in the startup community, um, designers, engineers, technologists, if, if they didn't attend, then there was no point in actually running it. So my first thing to do was, and uh, Jean Murphy was one person, David Scanlon was another person, and I think they looked at me going, uh, okay, this is, yeah, great idea, I think it would be great, but, you know, it's going to be really difficult. But I started the ball rolling and then I connected with Stephen Klusky, who is CEO of Mobility Mojo, and he was kind of on his own mission to create awareness. So with his awareness um, project, I suppose, at the time, and my hackathon, we thought it would be really good if we came together. So we came together last year and supported each other uh, on working towards uh, our goal, which is to create a more inclusive city. So it was, I mean, that's basically it in a nutshell, how it happened. Um, And it became Hack Access Dublin because I realized after talking to many people who had experienced disability of all kinds, that it wasn't just physical disability. This was, was, there was a much bigger um, problem, you know? Um, So yeah, we, we ended up getting Nissan Ireland as a sponsor and Google um, said they would give us the venue which is amazing and with those two core pieces of the puzzle then we were able to make it happen so here we are again talking about it yeah. so oh, and that regards, was in regard to disabilities do you mean someone's like an Asperger or somebody who's uh, got uh, anything like like uh, the loss of limb or what kind of disability do you mean Oh yeah, so it's well. I run this in partnership with Rehab Ireland. So um, because I'm very aware that I my understanding of the kinds of disability that I'm experiencing is physical. So I make sure to have a broad spectrum. So it's good that I'm doing setting the challenges. The challenges are set in partnership. It's not just me. So we have visual impairment, sensory impairment. We have to keep it broad. But then at the actual, what we do is have an immersion evening. So I will have somebody, like there's a woman I spoke to the other day, um, Lisa Dominique. She has Grace App. So she's an amazing woman. She's got two children who are autistic. And um, to solve the problems that they were experiencing as a family, she set up Grace App. So she is actually coming to the minister's uh, meeting. So I have advisors, you know, I make sure, and there's Elaine Howley from the NCBI, representing um, visual impairment Um, so I try to get a good spectrum it's not just physical and uh, if you get sensory or intellectual there's there's all kinds right so you have to try and look at what are the various kinds of challenges you know Um, we can't solve every challenge in every hackathon but at least we're, we're trying you know yeah but sometimes you get people with disability that you cannot like you said your brother's in a wheelchair I look at Stephen Hawking, so what he, what he could do. So if somebody in a wheelchair, I don't assume 
they're, they're intellectually not, they haven't got the well, and same it happens. As, yeah, and then the same as if you've got somebody who's colorblind, that's something you can't really notice, or ADHD, mm-hmm. you don't notice it offhand. Mm-hmm. But there are people who might have be able to function normally in life, mm-hmm. but they've been held back by the ADHD factor colorblind. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff as well, there's another thing people don't realize mm-hmm. is challenges that they're facing every day. Because you mm-hmm. think disability is somebody who's basically paralyzed in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. you don't realize. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's guys who've got other challenges. Mm-hmm that has to be faced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think this is um, what I'd like to do this year with Hack Access Dublin. So last year we focused um, solely on transport. I mean, transport is... If you're talking about, like, my... Um, like, our... Um, we define, uh, I suppose, access in terms of inclusion. So you solve the access challenges. You empower someone to get into the city and solve the access challenges like to do with pavements and, and steps into restaurants. You empower somebody. And, you know, these are... I, I do talk about these because these are real major things that stop. Now, somebody who is visually impaired, you know, other things maybe like the digital... Um, problems like accessing content online that's another challenge but I suppose we're, we, you have to take a focus when you're doing something like this we really want to look at how do we create a city that is that is diverse, that includes people that we have, so you look around you're not looking around at just people who look the same you're look, yeah. you see people in wheelchairs, maybe on crutches, you know, people of, of all kinds of abilities and um, I think this year I, I want to try and kind of um, extend the spread, the focus, so it's not just on transport. So we've got two transport challenges. We've got a work placement challenge, a work challenge, I should say. Um, we've got an awareness challenge, a data challenge. I mean, people, like last year when we went looking for data, I mean, pretty much none, you know, yeah. to do with access. And um, the Irish Rail, in fairness to them, they did engage, and um, I know they... They have a big job ahead to improve their service, but at least they did engage in us. That's something. Um, But they have a problem. No data. See, the problem is we don't know, like, how many people we have, how many users. So they can't solve the challenge. So this year I'm putting a data challenges. So some very unsexy challenges here, but these are the the foundations. And I think if we, we... start even gathering the tatter, allowing people to rate their city, you're also creating awareness of this of this challenge. So much even more evenly spread, I think, this year. Um, I think um, I'm I'm looking forward to it although Yeah well last year a lot of work. <laughs> last year was at an event with Microsoft and then one of the what they were showing off this new thing, they were developing these bots. And uh, one of them was developed uh, in an IoT city where the city is, is, is uh, you know, things where everything in the city is controlled by, by a computer or it can tell us what's going on around the world and mm-hmm. tell the weather. Mm-hmm. And developed for people who are blind, mm-hmm. glasses that you put on, mm-hmm. and it's a bot that tells you what's ahead of you. So it's like a guide dog mm-hmm. with glasses, so it tells you what's going on. Amazing. And what it is, that was based on IoT technology, so it would link in That's amazing. what's going on around. So basically, in some of the things you've learned that in the future, IoT is going to be a very important part of what you do. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And it's something I need to educate myself. I mean, luckily we have um, Smart Dublin is sponsoring the prize. And um, just in the past year, I, I, I'm fallen in love, and I'm not a techie or technologist, but this idea of smart cities, I'm just blown away by it. I lo- love it. I just see 
um, the potential in creating a city that works so much better, so much more efficiently. I mean, that does really excite me. So kind of like I'm on this kind of education path as well, yeah. um, which is which is good, you know. I think for me, in Ireland, the moment we have a scenario where not all of Ireland has got good internet coverage. So until we've got that solved, mm. we can't have a smart island. We have smart cities. Yeah. And where you, you might find that Dublin could be a smart city. Then you go somewhere like Kerry, yeah. or, or somewhere around there, and you go yeah. somewhere up in Donegal, yeah. Yeah. and you figure you haven't got it there. So, on top we, we can solve it in like certain cities, but until we've got the technology that can cover the, the all mm-hmm. of Ireland, that's a good point. Yeah, you're going to end up basically well, what you will have to follow and so it will work very well. But then you're going to realise, I think that involves broadband connection or anything else or mobile phone signals. Mm-hmm. If you're in the middle of nowhere in the country. Or if you're in an area full of mountains, for example, what happens then? You don't get someone coming in, so how do you get around that? Mm-hmm. That's another thing we've got to try to solve as well. Mm-hmm. I suppose different challenges. I mean, the population is much smaller in those parts, and so, you know, so it's, it's yeah. yeah well, I think the idea for me is you start with the city, and then, I mean, it was our first year. I would love to see it expanding, definitely. And that's not something I could do by myself. However, um, the goal would be that people see the potential in hack access stuff, not just as a hackathon, it's really a framework. Uh, as you say, we're meeting the Minister for Disability. So there's many different parts. I called it in a blog post I wrote for Dogpatch a few months ago. It's a machine, right? And for this machine to work, you need all, like, you know, public engagement, which is the Smart Dublin, Dublin City Council, and the yeah. four councils. You need um, civic engagement, which is a kind of the start of community, all the people who are involved in that. Um, corporate um, work is a huge challenge, so you need the corporate support and, and education as well, which I, I have all those. So the idea is that we can create something, prove that it works here, and then apply it around the country if, you know. Yeah, because that's, I was that's fine, yeah, because I was thinking basically, oh, I've been branded. You can have that access Cork, Galway, and maybe absolutely, it'd be amazing, yeah. amazing. And then we further feel have access London. <gasps> oh, now you're talking. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, can you imagine like that? That would be a full time job. So you know, we'll yeah, have to see what happens over yeah, the next few years. The sponsors you've got involved so far, like Google and Nissan, are based worldwide. Yep. So true. Once true. True. Once yeah. you got involved, then yeah, I'm thinking it's, it's not as, as hard to brand something. Like, mm-hmm. If you look at the web summers, mm-hmm. that's not up in Dublin, and mm-hmm. now they've got events all around the world. So yeah. it is possible. But yeah. we're saying, well, yeah. ideally, you want to start small and big oh, up. You have to, you have to. As it's, this is, and I wouldn't I think this is a value in someone like me, you know, three years ago, sitting in her job going, what the hell am I going to do? You know, like, and this is why I set up Great Life Distillery because. People need to know that entrepreneurship, the startup approach, even if you're not going to work for yourself, even even as a as a project like Hack Access Dublin, yeah. that anybody, no matter what your circumstances um, are, anyone can adopt this approach to to solve the challenges that they're experiencing in their life. If that's disability, or it could be something else. Yeah. I'm using disability, and I'm also uh, in my so that's purely not for profit, but. You know, I do have to think about how I'm going to make a living. So that's purposeful innovation product. Um, and none of this would, would have been possible had I not been exposed to maybe the work Startup Ireland did. So I have a lot to thank 
you know, there's a lot to be said, you know, startup community, you can get trapped in it and there's so many events, but as an initial um, platform to actually spring off, you know, um, yeah. the life that you want, the work like you want, it's, um, it's, it's, I don't know, words can't describe it. It's so important, it's so valuable. Because yeah. I think that if you're, if you're in a business, always come through with a mentality as a startup. So you act, oh, us, yeah. act like a startup. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. remember, once you have so many employees and you make them, oh, I set my revenue stream a year, you're not a startup. But act like one, think like one. And that way, you're always hungry, always foolish. <laughs> but but that's, you know, we talk like that. But the reality is, like, I know lots of friends, you know, working corporates, working you know, um, maybe advertising, marketing, and it's not, it's not the kind of mentality, it's not the, the norm, if you know what I mean, it's seeping through, um, you know, you, like I obviously have spent over 10 years in banks, um, and so it's something that I really know deeply about, <laughs> the, the challenges that really impede, and when I talk about innovation, like I, I just think, it really is all about making things better, working better, working smarter. So it's a really positive thing. So I don't even like using the term innovation because it gets bandied about so much. So this stuff isn't really understood on a deep level by executives which should understand it. So this is kind of where I'm at now. Um, and that's my purpose, you know, because yeah. I think if I can if I can somehow create this, the idea is that it's a purposeful innovation framework and um, basically it's pulling together the various workshops and innovation engagement activities I've done and the tools that I'm testing at the moment with Entrepreneur um, Squad, pull those together. If I can somehow, I guess, distill individual purpose into business results, obviously they'd be aligned to the strategy. For me, that would be amazing because, you know, it would mean that um, kind of helping to, to change, you know, helping to solve all those cultural and operational challenges that drive people nuts. You know, these the things that drive people nuts in work, you know, yeah. they're the things that need to be solved before you can even think about, you know, your design thinking workshops because people need to feel comfortable with all this stuff and they need, there needs to be space, you know, and there's not space at the moment. Yeah. You know, you can go off and do a workshop, but how do you apply these design thinking approaches, these um, the various things that need to be done, you know. Um, so that's kind of my purpose at the moment, and it's kind of, I suppose it's you know, it's a different kind of impact. Yeah, well, like access to open is a certain you know yeah. impact in another way. Um, well, for me, I'm looking at if you look at a, at a company that's been around two hundred years. Oh, yeah. They don't know what innovation is, but you look at a company that's been around 20, 15 years. Yeah, they started in a whole different yeah, way. Yeah, like if you yeah. look at basically Google, Google is once a startup, it's not anymore. Yeah. But at times, still thinks it's a startup in certain ways. But they're still having the same challenges. Like, what happens? You, ha- you, you know, as a business scales, the tall organization structure, yeah. I mean, it may not have the, exactly the same problems and the same um, extent, but I know for a fact, because, you know, I know that the same challenges happen when an organization gets so big that you have processes in place, everybody's so busy. So what you know what we need to do to innovate is constantly be coming up with new ideas, improving, constantly improving. But to do that, we have to have time. Yeah. <laughs> and um, even these companies need to do so this this kind of framework, what I hope will will solve that problem. Even you know those kind of companies who have 
been born um, yeah. in that startup mentality. As they grow, they start experiencing the same challenges. Yeah, they do, but so, if you ask someone like Eric, ask like expert from Google, ask mm-hmm. them what is innovation. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you what it is. Oh, of course. Yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah. when you're yeah, dealing with the course. person, in fact, they So much it. better. Yeah, they have to decide what it is. Oh, now, yeah. obviously, it's just like when they, oh. when, when they grow to a size yeah. that they can't cope with it, that they've got so big, not sure what to focus on. Mm-hmm. That's from every face in life, and that's nothing new. But when you're with a company that's 200 years old, and uh, they don't, they put the innovator die, and they can't do that, mm-hmm. they're left for you. A good example of that will be BlackBerry. BlackBerry for years had this great product. And they were the first guys to do a proper smartphone, had a uh, secure device for email, and everyone was using that. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, yeah, I know. when the iPhone came out, yeah. iPhone blew it out away, and they didn't change. Now, they should have realized that point. Some people do still have Blackberries, but yeah, in the last year, they're, they're dying off. It's kind of funny, though, because the Blackberry, so I've worked in London in the city, yeah. and the Blackberries is ubiquitous devices. It's nearly, it's, it's, it's like the banker's third hand, yeah. you know? It's, uh, I don't know, and you, I nearly can't imagine the scene in the bank without, I, I, I imagine they even call their iPhone their Blackberry now, because it was so much part of who they were, you know? But I felt that at the time, when they realised they were at a challenge, and five years ago they realised they weren't going to compete against Apple, why didn't they just go on, what else we got to, we're going to do the security aspect of, of having devices secure, and DBM and email secure, why not offer that as a service and say, so develop mm-hmm. that software, yeah. and send it on to people like, people who were doing Android devices, or Windows phone, or, or, or iPhone, sell them instead, and you could, that's innovation. Mm-hmm. You only have to know when you're beat. Oh yeah, you like Kodak as well. Like yeah. Kodak died. They didn't see the digital and you know evolution of phones in, in photography and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's there's a lot of examples. Um, so it'd be interesting, you know. And as we know, so many of the Fortune 500 companies are no longer. So it's you know it is it's kind of an in, it's an interesting time. It could be a scary time, but I think um, I think it's a time of opportunity. Um, and really viewing work in different ways. And that is going to be a challenge, but, you know, um, in challenges, challenges present opportunities, you know. Yeah, I think it is education. Yeah. You need to go to the person you deal with and give them what analysis tell them, it's your strengths, because opportunities and threats. And when, when you see a threat, you tell them that threat is also an opportunity. Oh, of course, Because yeah. when you see that, mm. you see what someone else is doing, but you're going, okay, they're doing this, but you've been doing this quite a bit longer. If you modify what you do, and you can, you can combat against that because you might have the actually the expertise in the area, working in the area, or you've got the money behind it to actually develop it. So you go ahead and do that. Whereas some guys might think they might not see the threat until it's too late. Mm-hmm. But if, if you can catch it head on early on, well, that's why I mean, it's it's all about well, there's so many things that need to happen, and I, I spoke. Um, the other day to Owen from Social Innovation Ireland. So we were talking about this this approach, like yeah. opportunities, threats, and but what that what's that meaning? You know, to be alive to that is to really be looking ahead the whole time and, and future planning. You know, I'm very much you know maybe the kind of roles I've had. I I've always had to my approach is I'm always working three months ahead, right? Which is yeah. kind of annoying sometimes, but. Um, like politics and these, you know, tend to be very short-term focus, you know. Their legacy isn't, you know, they're not going to be in power in 20 years, so they're not focusing on that. But 
the thing what needs to happen is, um, and this is why my focus on, on purpose is like, purpose needs to fuel the decisions now at a political level and an organisational level. Because one of the things about purpose, it means that you're, you're caring not just about the, the bottom line in terms of money, um, in terms of you, you're caring about the impact. And impact is, you know, you might not see it now, but there will, like... The, the big industry that happened in the you know the 20th century or 18 1800s you know all this the industrial revolution you know at that time I was like oh this is amazing but look at the damage industry has caused the planet you know and I think we see that now looking back so now we have and, and this is the other thing about technology um, it's so important for people who are in power <laughs> like the heads of Google the heads of the AI companies that they really understand, well, we're developing this technology, what are the threats ahead and how can we mitigate those by having a, a much more purposeful approach to innovation? So really thinking about what is the impact? And it's not purposeful innovation is one branch of it. Conscious capital is, a, is another one. Um, philanthropic, philanthropic capitalism, that's another one. There's all these terms yeah. and they're basically saying the same thing, that we need to be a lot more... Um, mindful of um, of what we're doing and, and the effects uh, of what we're doing and that's kind of my big focus because I think um, and going back to you know the Great Life Distillery somebody said to me yesterday as an event oh Great Life Distillery well you know it's kind of interesting name but everything I you know this need for me and to kind of promote this much more purposeful approach to work and our lives uh, I think that's that's the thing that's going to help us everyone live a, a better life. Um, just, just so distilling our purpose, you know, into um, into you know business results. Yeah, because I've seen basically at times when you, when you talk to somebody about what they're doing in their daily life, mm-hmm. they don't know what they're focusing on. They're just focused to get well, by. They know they know what they're focusing on, but they don't know why. They don't know. Um, what's fueling it and they can't align their values and their strengths to that I think that's the that goes into the employee engagement question you know um, and we're talking about engaging people in innovation okay using that word innovation again but how do you do that it's, it's, it's an engagement so you need to understand um, motivation um, and you need to understand how you get people to have the right kinds of motivation um, and, and working and really working with people because you know obviously values and strengths at different times in our life we need support to really figure out yeah. where where we are and how work allows us to express um, our true selves and also I guess it's an initial statement from the company that mm. says what, what you have to be and every five years you should re-value that mm. and see it's so relevant in today's climate mm-hmm. like what you what you might have had in 20 years ago won't be relevant now because technology has, has, has moved the goalposts moved the barriers of what you were doing then is isn't what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. No. Unless the why is something like you know, for me, it's it can be considered vague. But if you have many different applications to, you know, so if it's a if it's a concept, you know, that can be applied in different ways and broken down. So your values and your behaviours shift. Yeah. So the how shifts, but the why. For me, you know, even I look back when I was in college. The things that drove me then are the same things, essentially. However, they're expressed like I'm not like adventure was something I craved, uh, creativity, um, connection. 
that I sought those, I mean, you know, going off to Australia, going off to Singapore, going off here, there, moving to, you know, yeah. whereas now I'm not going anywhere, you know, so the adventure is, is in this. So, do you know, it's really interesting and it's the same for maybe business, you know, why they're doing something can remain the same. This vision, that, you know, impactful change or making a difference. I don't know, that's very vague. I'd need more time to Probably think of examples. Well. But, um, but how, how can change? It's like, you know, when you're supporting, when startups start out, this whole, they, they pivot, right? They're, yeah. they're figuring things out. But their purpose, once they are sure, I mean, whatever way, whatever way they pivot, has to be aligned to their purpose. Because if it's not, they won't be connected to what they're doing. They won't persist. So there's many different paths to get to where you need to be. I think that's the point. You've got to follow the right path and make sure that when you pivot, that's... It's still aligned to your vision yeah. and it's still your, you know, I, I guess your intuition and your gut, that's how, that's how you know yeah. if it feels right in your in your gut, you know? Because when you pivot, don't do the 360. Pivot slightly, because <laughs> uh, if you do that, you're back, you do something, you have no clue what you're doing. If you pivot slightly, I know, yeah. maybe slightly to the left or the right. Mm-hmm. So whatever you want to do is still there, but you've slightly changed mm-hmm. how you're going to do it. That's fine. Exactly, yeah. But if you go, I have an idea, and say, for example, you want to do something like, I want to, I want to, uh, do, do, oh, I want to change the world. And you have an idea that's going to do this. And then okay. suddenly when you're doing this, you realize, no, I can't change the world. Well, there's a certain problem then you hone in on, and obviously the problem has to be meaningful. But then you realize, I can't change the world. I, I can just yeah. change certain people. Absolutely. Yeah, the so. problem then is, your idea was to change the world. But if you're sitting in the pivot, then you're changing a select few. That's what you had in mind in the beginning. So therefore, maybe, well. maybe in that sense, that, that pivot is because you're not fit what you want it to be. You want yeah. to try and do something else. And no point saying, I'm Well, changing the world, that's interesting because the thing is, um, all of it, if we all have this, um, if we're all driven by this desire to somehow change the world or make an impact, then the world will change, right? But we're not all changing the world individually, singularly. Like we are making, having a, 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 making a dent, right? Yeah. And so that's. That's okay, you know. If you, you know, if you make a difference in one to a handful of people's lives, you know, even as an individual, this is a thing, right? If you're, if you're a mom of three kids, you know, maybe you're not in a position to to set up your own business, but you could maybe organize a charity event in your community. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's many different ways to to make change. So. Um, I just had to challenge you on that, change the world. We can all, you know. Yeah, but I mean, for example, if your idea was to change the world, then you realised when you pivot in... That you're not doing anything to change. You're only saying change to be bumped in the population yeah. rather than the broader group. That, to me, is, you've lost your, your way in focus in the beginning because the one that you're going to be uh, helping to change is such a small group as negligible, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I suppose it depends what perspective you're... Yeah. You're, following you know yeah I'm just thinking yeah. basically yeah. Like, uh, I've seen people and think I'm going to use an after all when they get stuck in a couple of structure stuck in something else I told the pivot mm-hmm. I'll time the pivot because the person that is backing them tells them yes that they do that. I know what you mean yeah and then yeah. when they're doing that they have to do it because process so well then they can they get disillusioned mm-hmm. but I came into to do to do something else yes yeah yeah but like basically if you're somebody who's a, who's a, who's a singer and writes songs and you're told to, uh, to be a better person and um, to get noticed, I want you to cover these songs or we're going to get hit somebody to, to write a song for you to go and sing. But in reality, your view is the talent was that I was singing a songwriter. 
I was the guy who was doing all this, not somebody else. And I want to be known for what I can do, not for somebody else to throw me. Absolutely, yeah. So that, that's, I've come from that kind of angle that, yeah. that's why I'm looking at it in yeah. a different kind of way. But. Yeah. So I, I guess basically, uh, you're going to be meeting with the minister on uh, June 14th, and when's that going to happen? November 10th and 10th to 12th, yes. And um, if you follow us, uh, we are on Hack Access Dub. Um, that's on Twitter and uh, Instagram. And yeah, one of the goals is to really engage more people in this um, because you never know, somebody might know somebody who has whatever disability or be excluded from society and um, it would be great on the Sunday pitch to get people to come and attend and support you know yeah. and because one of my other ideas for the big vision for Hack Access Dublin is that you know if you know next year we had two teams that are still working on their ideas if next year we have more teams and they're even better um, we managed to get mentors to help them in their proof of concept stage if we demonstrate that they're um, that they're it's possible to kind of make like a mobility economy so have startups working on and they could be not-for-profits or for-profits um, we just have to see what comes out that maybe we, it could become there could be an, an incubator to support people who are um, working on solving challenges to do with access and disability and uh, maybe employ people who have a disability yeah. who are kind of struggling to find work you know because people have various you know, kinds of disabilities obviously and uh, maybe they're not in a position to work nine to five um, Monday to Friday but they're in a position to do part-time you know it's yeah. to really give people an option um, so that's that's one of the goals so that can only happen um, with with as many people as possible supporting it yeah. and um, yeah. And I guess once you've gone through the, the, the hackathon itself, and you, if you're a person involved, you've actually done something in this or like a project to this. Mm-hmm. What happens next? How do you get the? How do you get them to take a stage further? Oh, well, that's that's the question. See that I mean. So we have a prize, um, Smart Dublin sponsored a prize, so it's like two grand. So there's a proof of concept stage um, there, and Dogpatch Labs kindly um, offered hot desk space, so they're working on their idea. But but that's the thing. So really, it's looking at so social innovation Ireland, social entrepreneurs. But I want to look at, I want to explore other options. Um, how can we get support? And this is this is you know it's it's new for me. So it's all things that people. I need to be talking to people who can advise me about that because that's a question that I don't know and I want to um, I want to understand how we can support these kinds of startups. Yeah, I'm talking so. about, for example, with a mentor. So when they finish this and yeah. they're going to go ahead and go further with this, is there somebody that can mentor them as they're going to do this? Yeah. So that's what I have to, because essentially last year it was an experiment. It came together and he confirmed the venue. I think it was summer and you know how long it takes to... So we got great mentors, incredible mentors last year for the actual event. Yeah. Um, I didn't secure any mentors for after. I suppose I, time, didn't know who. Um, that was something I, 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 I hadn't um, explored. Whereas this year I am. So as you, I'll be sending out the, uh, the stakeholder document to yeah. to people like yourself. And one of the asks is one of our goals is. Um, proof of concept mentors if we can get a couple of high profile guys girls guys and girls women men um to to offer support that would be that would be great 
So right. one of my goals, amplify the message, yeah, get, well. uh, get great mentors to help them afterwards. Right, that's great. And uh, I look forward to seeing how, how we'll do that and I look forward to attending that event. Great, I look forward and, to having you. Yeah, thanks very much for the, for the uh, nice and formal chat, Janice. Thank you so much for having me. No I enjoyed problem. it. Thanks very much Thank and you. have a nice day. You too.